16th season officially kicks off and hey what a great what a great way to kick it off with with our good friend reeves cook hey reeves how are you man all right chaps how's it going been a while yeah, it's it's yeah. been a long time, man. And I have to say, I've been following the uh, podcast, and I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've I've been. Um, do you know? Do you know what? Uh, I just have to say this at the moment. It's been uh, this October. It would have been two years since I been doing it on my own. What? Yeah, holy crap! Matter. Yeah, it's it's insane. I, I, it it really does, and. Um, yeah, it was quite a while before you you got up and and, yeah. and took it took it. Yeah, it it's, it's bonkers. It. Uh, you you just don't think about time. You just get on with things, and then you look back, and then you think, you know, two years has gone. That's two years that's just disappeared. So just, what do, what what have you found that has changed since like when you took it over and said, "Oh man, this is this well, is uh, weird." I, I mean, loads loads of things yeah. really. Um, I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot of things, and I learned. Uh, there were good there were better ways to do things and there were ways that i thought were better which weren't better uh so my my biggest uh thing that i've learned to date is to always kind of look for something that is when i say try not to look for stuff for me i try not to look for stuff that everyone else is doing i try mm. to look for things that obviously interest me because then that sort of motivates me to sort of make an episode on it. But I always find that um, you have to kind of go with the flow a little bit because I'm, I tr try my best to listen to people when they write in and say, can you do an episode on this or can you do an episode on that and, and kind of integrate it in some way. Because, I mean, it's the people that listen that, that yeah. make the episodes, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's why we... we do this show why we've done it over the years that we've done it it's it's like you know people you know continuously come back and and listen to it and say hey we really appreciate the shows that you're doing and it, it yeah exactly it, they drive it you know they they might have a suggestion you're like hey that's actually a really cool idea let's kind of explore that yeah yeah you I, know i am um... I, I kind of um I kind of had a, a, an idea of what I was going to do and I thought well I'm just going to do episodes that I enjoy and I'm just going to be, be me. Mm. And then of course I brought in other people and mm. I then I sort of learned to myself that uh these other people bring something else to the show as well and it's I miss the I I I I was getting back that dynamic that I had with Gareth when we would have banter and just have a chat about other things yeah. because when you get in a conversation with somebody, it normally goes somewhere else anyway. And, and I, I'm a waffler. I can just waffle about stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I might talk about something, and then somebody brings them up, and I go, oh, it reminds me. I want to talk about this. And, yeah. you know, uh, so it, I, I've kind of learned that. But I've also learned that to be humble and be appreciative of the people that actually take the time to download episodes and, uh, you know, listen to them, wherever you know, whatever they might be doing. Uh, mm -hmm. It is free. I'm not trying to make anybody pay any money but hopefully mm. a little bit you know, down the road i can sort of uh bring in some income to do other things and to look at other projects but at the moment yeah i'm happy with the way things are going it's growing slowly it is a lot of work as you well know doing mm -hmm. a trying yeah. to do a weekly podcast is when you've got a job as well it can be a bit difficult but um you know it, it i get i normally i'm normally sort of you get a couple of shows maybe three 
a month at the moment and it's uh you know it's ticking over hopefully and hopefully people enjoy it well i mean you've you've done quite a few shows with what is it tom tom from the shrouded uh yeah yeah well, uh, well like... there's a story behind that <clears throat> that yeah there's a story behind that What's tom your... well see a long time ago mm-hmm. uh when when gareth and i were doing episodes and we were talking about bringing new guests in mm-hmm. we wanted to bring people in that were uh not doing the same as what we were doing yeah and i was a fan of tom anyway i watched all these videos mm-hmm. and i said look let's bring tom in and get him on the show it's a you know it, he's a he's a popular youtuber and mm-hmm. uh he might be interested he might not be interested who knows so i wrote to him and he wrote back and said yeah i'm, I'm up for that i'll give that a go uh and mm-hmm. he came on he did a stream with us and it was really popular and uh we really clicked with him because it was like Tom is a really down-to-earth guy, and he's not yeah. pretentious or anything like that. He's, he is what who he is, mm-hmm. and he's he's got a lot of interesting things to talk about. And, yeah, yeah. and later on down the road, after we did that, I said, "Look, you know, I had a chat with him one day. I said, look, do you fancy doing episodes together?'" And he was like, "Yeah, just fine," because he does other podcasts as well. And um, we we've been doing them now for what a few months, and they're really popular, and people really enjoy them. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think I, I reached out to Tom, but I don't know if he got the email or not uh, to, to possibly have him on. Because, yeah, I um, I really enjoy his uh, his uh, episodes. I, I mean, there's some really – I mean, there's stuff there that people would never, ever find. Yeah, he does, he does go out of his way to find uh, stuff that's really sort of off the wall and stuff oh. that is – mildly shocking and he's got that he tra- he treads that he's very good at treading that fine line between i think what youtube think deem acceptable which is very mm-hmm. hard these days yeah, uh, yeah and what is beyond you know going beyond you know stepping over that line but he is good at that and he does bring you know you can watch stuff and some of it does creep me out some of his videos do <laughs> creep me out but he's got a very good way of um presenting making, them yeah presenting them but also yeah, yeah, making yeah. you making you feel like you know i don't have to watch this if i don't want to but i want to watch it uh, yeah he's just good at that and you know the way that he crafts his videos and that is uh it's very sort of uh hypnotic and it drags you in and you well, i mean in- initially you're like oh uh, i don't know this sounds like a stupid sort of thing i, yeah. I don't know if I'm... and then you know you're, you're you you start watching it and all of a sudden it's like wow yeah this is fascinating yeah, he does this do a lot of research yeah he does yeah. research and and he just doesn't say, oh, I'm repeat something that somebody else has said. He does go out of his way to present you something that is well-researched and really off the wall, really. And uh, so that's why we've been doing... Uh, I did, Actually, we did a recording with him today. Uh, mm. we, did a, we did an episode together. And, and I think the episodes that we do are... They're, they're not just paranormal. They're just like uh, whatever. Whatever it is. Anything weird we'll talk about. And, and people like it. Because I'm trying to be a little bit like generic diversify whatever that word is and mm-hmm. and offer something to everyone because i just don't want to pigeonhole myself i yeah i paranormal yeah. the ghosts that's my thing um but how how often can you tread the same old thing exactly you know? and, and and that is something that we've you know said with this show i mean i mean yeah it was originally uh, a paranormal show but we've we've you know adventured into ventured into to different areas like true crime and uh movies and and, and other stuff i, I mean I, at the same time though you kind of wonder and go well i kind of miss 
kind of miss doing that, you know, that traditional show every once in a while, you know, like uh, on the paranormal, you know, the ghosts or whatever. And you kind of find yourself going back to it and going, wow, that was actually a really good show. But the thing is, exactly, uh, Reese, you know, it's there's there's so much of it out there right now. So much of it out there right now. It's it's really hard to find anything really like ultra interesting in the paranormal. It yeah. really is. There's also a lot of uh, angry people. Um, yeah. I've, I've kind Steve of... Steve and myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I use social media and... I, I use it for the fact to promote paratalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and and in my journey of using social media, I've noticed there's an awful lot of people that are it, it's their way or the highway and if you say anything against what their beliefs are, it's like you're the one that's a troublemaker or whatever and I don't want to get involved with that because it, it's just, you know, it's negativity and I just think that's bad for any any show. If you're a if you're someone that is someone that's going to get into arguments easy and and argue with people in a, on a public forum, people aren't going to listen to your show, or no. you know, or you're just going to get the you know the drama cr- the crew of drama just wants drama, and I I don't want that. I'm too old for that. You know, I'm, I'm in the fifties. So, I, I don't need that. Yeah, there's there's enough Agreed. there's enough in it out, out yeah. there. There's enough. Honestly, there's just too much uh, drama out there, especially here on YouTube. Um, there's people that just live for that shit and that drives me crazy yeah i mean you you don't accomplish anything and and honestly i'll be i'll be brutal i mean people don't respect it well yeah um i you know i i use social media i put my shows on social media and i Mm -hmm. and i and i also engage with people that write to me if they like the show and that Mm -hmm. but i don't want to do drama i don't you know i I don't want to do drama and I just I I can't uh, I can't do that since in the last few years since the uh, you know since we had the um, you know the, uh, the 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 cough since we had that <laughs> the um, cough, yes I um, <laughs> I have to be careful because you know YouTube and all yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but I I I kind of my mindset on a lot of things has changed when it comes to doing a show you know having a job uh work that word work life balance and it's it is quite important and mm-hmm. it's kind of like i look at the podcast as something as a way of a an outlet you know and I'm, i suppose i've got the band as well but at the podcast is something that's like a personal outlet where you can just focus and you know zero in on something that only you do uh and it's and it's a nice feeling to know that you can produce something and put it out there on the internet and all these people around the world can download it and listen to it. I think that's amazing. So, so how's the band? Like, yeah, we haven't really talked about the band. Like, I mean, yeah. how's how's that going? The how's band. <laughs> the well, band. W- Tell us a little bit um, about the band. Well, it, yeah. I mean, I've been in a, I've been in a band for Crikey. We we first formed in 1983. Oh school. wow, that long! Yeah. Wow, uh, holy and crap! We were at school. We were like, you know little fresh-faced 14-year-olds <laughs> thinking that we were going to be the next jam, you know. We thought yeah, yeah. You know, we were the we were the new kids on the block, you know. It's like everyone's going to love us. And, <laughs> and when you get a bit older and you play a few pubs and you leave school, you realise that you're just one of many bands and uh, <laughs> yeah. you're not that special, you know. And all you can do is try and be as good as you can. And uh, it was just fun. I mean, we grew up, grew up in the music scene and... 
I was lucky enough to work in the music industry for 13 years, so it kind of kept me hooked into stuff. Um, And but obviously, if people went and and had kids and stuff and babies and and all that, and for for many years, 20 odd years, we we didn't really play together. We were all mates. We all we're all mates now. We all went to school. We all grew up together, but we didn't play together. And um, some of the members went off and did other projects and stuff like that. But it was in not 20. I think 2014, we mm. were at a barbecue and uh, uh, somebody dared us to get the band back together to do a one-off gig, a local gig. You guys have barbecues over there in the UK? Yeah, no, I'm just, we, I'm just kidding. It, it, we actually had a sunny day. Yeah, we had a sunny day. So everybody had a barbecue on the same day. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, yeah, it was. We we were all together. It was a group of us, and and we said, uh, right, we're going to do it. And uh, yeah. obviously, obviously, you know, around that time things happened my my dad passed away and i was left yeah. some money and and i thought do you know what i'm i went to a local rehearsal rooms and i i, I think i paid like 300 quid or something and i booked a huge slot of rehearsals and i and i went back and i said guys it's done i paid for a studio uh, we're booked in and we're gonna rehearse and they were like what so we're committed and we agreed to do a gig and we had like i think it was four months to rehearse uh, because we were playing in town at this at this bar, this this music bar, and um, it was the clock was ticking, and we hadn't played together for like twenty five years. Yeah. And the first gig, the, uh, the first rehearsal that we did, uh, it was well, just to say that um, it, there's, there was garage bands out there that must really sound better than us because it was like <laughs> we were so rusty play, you know, because it's like. Anyone that's in a band will know what I mean. If you yeah. if you play musically with someone for a long time, you kind of you get this kind of musical telepathy, and you know how someone's style and what they do, and you know when to come in and when to stop, and you know how to cover each other and all that stuff. And and we kind of le- relearned that. And and of course, when we played the gig, it was a reunion gig. It was the newspaper came down and uh, we had it recorded, and uh, we, we was a packed house, and and it was great. And from that point on, we just kept people saying oh can you play here can you play here and it was like oh right yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> and it and it kind of snowballed from then and to say to say we've been to, back together now for uh i think we're back together for about seven years eight years and um and we've done over 40 performances and we've been we've been fortunate enough to play with uh members of stiff little fingers uh secret affair bad manners um lots of other like smaller but reasonably famous bands yeah, and yeah. i'm just very fortunate to play be be in that kind of that area of you know moving yeah. up from not we're not doing pubs anymore we're we're playing like events and stuff and it was great yeah, and, and, and it's yeah. great to have that opportunity but i'll be honest with you like now it's fun it's just fun to do it we're not doing yeah. it because i you know I don't want to be famous or anything like that with a band. It's like we're 12. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do it every day of the week. It's, you know, I haven't got the energy for that. I do an hour and a half on stage and I can barely stand up afterwards, you know. Yeah, mm. but would it, wouldn't it freak you out, though, like um, all of a sudden one of your older tunes or something went viral and people well, like, who the hell are these guys? Get funny, these guys. Funny you say that. <laughs> yes. Because uh, we did a gig, uh, it was about a month ago. It yeah. was a charity gig. And okay. uh, somebody came up to us, which an old fan of ours who used yeah. to run a fanzine, and he gave okay. us our first uh, published break. And oh, wow. uh, he reviewed one of our EPs, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, he's got a friend that's doing a compilation album, a vinyl oh, album." Wow. 
and okay. uh, you know, can you send one of your tracks in, please? Because he mm. potentially wants to put it on it. So you know, it's going to be in all those years of all of trying to get onto an album, even a compilation, something mm-hmm. like that just falls in your hands and it's just there. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to try. Somebody's offering it to you. Um, so that would be great. That would be kind of like a little bit of um, a little bit of a grail moment for us to actually mm. hold an album and think we're on this album and it's vinyl, not not CD. It's not an MP3. It's vinyl. We vinyl, always wanted to yeah. get on vinyl, and um, we were at a point vinyl. where we were going to do a, a double A double a double A sided single, and go yeah. into the studio and record some new stuff and and just actually like self produce it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just like it's money, man. And it's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's time. You we got to go in the studio. You got to record it. You got all that stuff. And it's like, as much as I enjoy playing music, <laughs> I just you know I don't know if we've got the time and the energy to do that. And it's and if we got um, we've definitely got a following. Um, but it's like it's just you know, have a t-shirt. You know, we got some t-shirts. <laughs> buy a t-shirt. But doing a doing a having someone else do it for you, and then you can say, oh, if you want us, we're on an album. Go buy it. You know, uh, that's great, and you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all for that. But yeah, being in the band, it's, it's good fun. Uh, I enjoy it, and it's, and it's great to go out and meet different people. Um, but it's not the be and all end all like it was when I was a kid. For, you know, thinking yeah. I was going to be like the next, uh, you know, Nick Kershaw, or Duran Duran, or whatever. You know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like anything in life, right? I, I mean, you, you, when you're younger, you, you have this plateau that you kind of figure or you'd like to reach and you find out when you're actually in the arena you're like oh okay this is yeah a lot harder than it seems a lot yeah a lot looked and you know you 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 work your ass off and you you make some head you know some headway or whatever and but you just never meet reach that sort of goal yeah and in your case you're like ah okay you know it's fine you know we're we're back together. We're, we're playing gigs again. We're doing it for fun. We're, we're, we're doing it because people love it. And we love playing uh, with these, these other bands, the community that uh, surrounds it and all this kind of stuff. Yes. And that, that would be cool still. I, I think that in itself. I would, put it this way. I, since we go out together um, and since we don't really care about uh, being famous or anything, which mm. you can't really, you know, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree if you if you're in it for that. Oh, yeah. But um, mm. it's kind of like we've had more opportunity and more doors open for us since since we got back together, and um, we've played some great venues, uh, venues that we never thought we'd play. We'll put it this way: back in the day, uh, the city next to us, mm-hmm. they had two venues: the Beer Keller and the Fleece and Firkin, and they mm. were like the top venues. All the all the you know the big pop bands would play there, chart bands mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, and if you were mm-hmm. going to see a band. In it, you would go up to there and see them. We played both of those now, and we played both of those. We stood on those stages and played, and it's like the the beer keller is no longer around. But you know, you had so many bands play that, and also the Fleece and Firkin that's still around. But you've had so many famous bands coming up from the eighties, and uh, just 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 you know, just it's an experience, and it's like mm-hmm. it's such history. And in, and you stood on the stage, and you're thinking. You know, I'm stood on a stage that I remember being here 40 odd years ago, looking up at this stage, watching whoever, the House Minds or whatever playing. And, and, and I never thought that I'd be on that stage one day, you know, playing my bass and, and everybody's cheering and clapping and there's me on a big screen, you know, uh, never thought yeah. that. But it's weird how life uh, 
throws those curveballs, and it's like you can't make those moments happen. They either will no. happen or they won't. Um, you know, so it's just lucky. You you had you obviously had a, and we've talked about this. You you had already had this passion for the paranormal. Mm, yeah. And then how how did you how, how do you find? It, did it change or alter with with you know when when the music became like uh, yeah at the forefront? Uh, well, see, here's the thing: when you're in a band, it's all yeah. about being cocky and mm. being you know sure of yourself and yeah. impress the girls and all that stuff. You know, yeah. Uh, you don't you don't go up to a girl and go, "Would you like to uh, come to the dance?" By the way, <laughs> uh, do you uh, have you ever seen a ghost? <laughs> you don't say that, you know, because they just think you're a bit weird. Uh, and... Alex has, Alex. Well, has. <laughs> okay, but that's I, that's if you don't want to have a dance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I never mentioned it. I kind of um, when I got to being a teenager, I mm-hmm. kind of put all that to bed. And to me, that was something that I only spoke to a couple of my friends about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go home and I would what I'd read like the Unexplained magazine and read some books and stuff, but. Yeah. Uh, when I was with my mates, it was all like, uh, you know, girls and playing music and pop bands and stuff. But uh, the the two things were very separate. And I didn't really watch a lot of the paranormal stuff. I was into sci-fi. We were all into sci-fi. Everyone was into sci-fi back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the era of the early, the late 70s and early 80s, you had some of the best sci-fi films that were ever made. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. You, know, you had yeah. your Escape from New York and... And all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. Star Wars and the, 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 the only Star Wars, by the way. There was no yeah, other Star yeah. Wars. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but so, you know, you had all that. And uh, it was um, it was a great time. And that's all you wanted to do. And, of course, the video the video revolution and, and all that stuff, it was just brilliant having a, a video recorder in your, in your front room that you could watch films. It was just mm-hmm. amazing. So the paranormal for me wasn't, it was just there, but it was something I was interested in when I was a kid. And it was just just it was shooed away. It was only when I got older, uh, mm. maybe, I don't know, maybe 27, 28, that mm-hmm. I started to sort of rekindle an interest. And I'll tell you what uh, got my got me interested again was um, things like uh, uh, the Dulce Wars and the Dulce Papers. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. And people yeah. talking about Area 51 and mm-hmm. um, uh, also abductions, you know, people talking yeah. about... Uh, uh you know uh, the abduction uh you know phenomenon and stuff and and of course by this time uh the early sort of 90s it was all you know crop circles where doug and dave were busy all making crop circles all around the world with their place yeah. of wood and um they were on the telly and uh it was like you know i started to get interested again and of course it was cool then it was cool to be into the paranormal yeah. and the unexplained you know uh you even had the 14 times uh yeah. you know those kind of programs mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of like um, it, it, everyone was into it, and it was great, and it was a it was a very. I mean, I even went. To, I used to go to Glastonbury quite often back then, and it was such a weird. Um, and I would say, I don't get me wrong when I say weird as in weird as in like odd. It was a it was a very strange feeling being in Glastonbury with lots of people that were like minded, mm-hmm. and into looking for UFOs and looking for crop circles. Uh, and stuff and i remember going to glastonbury and staying over at friends houses and stuff we would go and walk around the fields just looking for ufos and staying out and watching the sky and and stuff like that and it was like you know with your tie-dye t-shirts on and stuff and that kind of got me back into it that that sort of stuff you know it was a 
the TV kind of kickstarted me, but going out and hanging with these people, and it was it was great fun. It was absolutely great fun, and I met some. That's that's the best part of it. Yeah, to be honest with meeting you. the people yeah. and yeah. and hearing those people's stories, and when you it's it's interesting when you hear people's talk to you and say, "Oh, I had an experience, and I saw this, or I experienced something like an abduction," and then you're thinking to yourself, uh, "Okay, um, I'm open minded. I'll listen to what you got to say." You know, I'm not. You're not you, when you're with other people who aren't sort of into it. You're when you're younger, you're more likely to sort of take the mick and go, "Ah, oh, he's he's a bit he's a bit mental." But when you're older <laughs> and you've educated yourself a bit, um, you learn you're more likely to sit down and go, "Well, you know, tell me, I'll, I'll listen." Um, but I got to say that when I was younger, uh, if I had a if I had a time machine, I think I would go back in time when i was about 14 or 15 and rough myself up a bit and just give myself a few slaps across the face and yeah. say sort yourself out you know it's not all about music and chasing girls and stuff it's all about you know there's lots more to life than uh you know doing that but um i wouldn't you know i wouldn't like proper beat myself up or nothing i wouldn't put myself in hospital Nothing like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was just, just a gentle, uh, yeah, just a gentle, gentle just a few slaps, just a few slaps, yeah, across the head. You know? But yeah, I, I'm I'm joking. But you, you know what I mean. It's like you think you yeah. look back at your life and you think I could have done that differently or I could have done this differently. But it's what and it is. Thinking back on my life, I would have kicked myself in the ass. Well, there you go. But <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, you learn, you, you you learn from your mistakes. You learn from stupid things you've done. I've done such stupid things. You know. I mean. Uh, I remember going to a friend's house who was like, uh, well, we were having like a, a, well, I suppose you can call it a ghost party. We were like, you know, trying to contact the dead. It's weird, isn't it? Like, what are you doing tonight? I'm going around uh, Jason's house. Uh, what are you going to do? Oh, we're going to try and uh, talk to some spirits. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, see you later then. It, it, that sort of thing. And we were sat around a table and we had this like, this made up uh, like a Ouija board. But it wasn't like a Ouija board like you would expect it to be. It had words on it, like yes, no, maybe, uh, I'm behind you, those sort of things. We wrote I'd words. Yeah. And uh, we made this yeah. like, uh, like, like we had a glass and we put it on this, like it was, the, the, it was on a cardboard, uh, like a, a cornflake packet. And uh, yeah. we just sat there for hours waiting for this glass to move, like thinking it's going to move in a minute, it's going to move in a minute, it's going to be like I'm behind you all get out or you know something it's going to say something and nothing happened obviously but it's like um very weird you did some weird stuff back then but you know that's that's how you learn isn't it i I think you're more fearless when you're younger yeah oh yeah i i I think those are awesome though man i i mean you hold on bear with me guys um but I, i i think that sort of those sort of memories are priceless regardless they are they well, really are did you I, uh, I, I was going to ask you when you was at school uh did you have the uh the fabled um uh you know the the law or the legend that in your area the abandoned house that nobody went into yeah there you go um the the abandoned the abandoned house that everyone goes oh, in oh yes absolutely uh, was apparently haunted by a ghost that would basically murder you uh, we 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 had a house we had a house um in the neighborhood it, 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 the neighbor it was it was you know a regular suburban yeah. neighborhood and but there ac- across the one road there was a farm 
uh, and just farmland as as far as you could see. Now it's all uh, all developed now, but back then there there was still farmland around. And on on the the one side of the road where all the housing was now, there was still this lot with this old farm on it, and it was it was fenced off, and the house and everything else. You're like, ah, that place looks creepy. Yeah, cool. And it, yeah. it it just it just had that creepiness. Yeah. And people, the the running theme, the running story was that. Don't go into the barn because there are dogs with red eyes that will chase you away. And you a go. doll that sat on the chair and it would rock by itself and, you know, all sorts of things. Well, wow. it's so better I, than going into a barn with a donkey with an erection. <laughs> but I, I, I remember going, I remember going with a friend to this place and, and you know, climbing over the fence and you know, going into the barn, and you know, keeping our you know our wits about us about you know, okay, keep your eyes out for dogs. <laughs> There's apparently some ghost dogs here, <laughs> you know. And when you're a kid, you're like, oh man, maybe we need to get out of here. This this place is creeping me out. And um, it's funny because the, I remember going into the barn. And it was just just an open barn. There was nothing really left in there. There was some, you know, uh, some uh, farm uh, machinery left, like a, a tractor yeah. uh, was left in there, and you know, the picks and blah blah blah, the farm tools, and that's about it. Some hay, and and you know, we're we're kind of making our way through the barn, just looking at stuff, and the houses in behind there was a dog in, in one of the yards. It started barking and all, and automatically like, Oh shit, let's get the hell out of here. Cause we thought, okay, maybe there is dogs here. Right. We didn't know where the dog was barking, uh, where it was coming from. We skedaddled out of there so quick, but, um, we, we ended up telling people, Oh yeah, we saw, we witnessed the dog Ghost with dog. the red eyes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it comes, it becomes something else. I mean, we had a well, house. Yeah. We had a house on, on the top road. I lived in a, um, outside of a small village. And uh, in the village, there was a house which was abandoned for many years. Um, it, it wasn't in ruins. It was just nobody lived there. And it was empty. But it still mm. had, um, like, some of the furniture and that in it. Uh, an old boy used to live in there. And he got, basically, he got sick. And he had to go to the hospital and stay there. Uh, and he couldn't, li- he couldn't live there on his own. And, of course, the house, over time... It, it got broke into and people tried to steal stuff, but there wasn't really anything in there. And um, what happened was the we it got this kind of law that uh, that the old guy had basically li- um, had, had, had lived in there and died in there and he was haunting the house. And that somebody yeah. had went to go in there one night, some friends, some guys, and uh, as a dare, and they came face to face with a with a man uh, who who chased them out. And they said, oh, it was the that was the ghost we got we got legged by the ghost and uh you know and and of course from that point on everyone was kind of daring each other to go into this house and i remember being with a group of friends that we accepted the dare we were about 13 something like that um and we we go in this house and it's just a normal house and we're creeping around it but it's a bit it's a bit mildewy and a bit damp because it's you know people have been in there and left doors open and stuff 
And um, any minute I'm waiting for this ghost to come out and chase us or whatever. And there was just no one in there. It was just it was just completely empty and just like ransacked. And um, what what it was, it transpired was there was an old tramp, a homeless guy, was mm-hmm. living in there, and yeah. he he basically he was pretending to be this like ghost of this old man to keep the kids out so the kids wouldn't come anywhere near the house yeah so he wouldn't get disturbed because you know he's you know he's homeless he's having a little kip and he's got kids traipsing around he's got no way of locking the door the lock had been smashed so yeah uh he kind of did this whole kind of uh ghost thing to keep them away but um yeah it's someone lives there now it's all been done up it's quite posh actually but um we had things like that and we all, you know, the woods and stuff. Oh, don't go up the woods after a Roman soldier mm. will get you. There's a, there's a, you know, there's a, there's an old mad lady that lives up there. We, we camped up the woods one night. We had an experience. We used to go partying up the woods. Yeah. And uh, we had, it was summertime and we all had uh, our tents and stuff. And uh, we, we drink some beer, playing a bit of music. And we said, oh, it's getting late now. Let's go, to, let's go to sleep. So we're all in our tents, right? And of well we're still talking to each other and we're like can you can you hear that and somebody's outside gets gets outside and he's going oh, i can hear something and for about 20 minutes there was people walking around in the dark we couldn't see that anyone but mm. we were being stalked by someone or s- some people or whatever walking around there's no there's no predators or nothing up there it's bloody woods you know in the in yeah the, yeah you know the boat the biggest predator up there is a fox you know but uh or a badger so uh yeah that was uh that was a bit scary but yeah when you're a kid you make up these kind of things and it's like you know uh, they become a legend it becomes basically in my child's mind it was a it was a giant owl that was part fox that was made most probably stalking us that had the uh the taste for teenage blood or something i don't know in my head I remember, I remember walking um, up up a road uh, late at late. At, well, it was pretty much early in the morning, like two a.m. in the morning or something. I was walking up, and at, at the time, this road was pretty not desolate, but it was on the edge of suburbia, really. And on the other on the other side of the road, th- there was this old shack that sat on this huge plot of land. And it looked like it was abandoned. It had been abandoned for years. And I remember walking, you know, by it on the opposite side, on the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, there was this, this, this guy walking towards me, had a long black jacket on. And one of those, um, I, I, the best way to describe it, the hat was like those those um, Orthodox Jews. What are, what, what, what's, what are those hats called? an orthodox jew wears them um well, like yeah a, i know what you're like talking a little, about, like little uh name. skull cap thing or not not or a the, skull the cap but the hat the, the oh yeah hat. yeah i know the one with the with the brim yeah i know the one with, yeah. with the brim yeah. and, the, and the top part yeah and he's walking his head down and he's got a beard and and just like okay whatever just whatever just weird but whatever um you know he walks and then all of a sudden just before he uh, before we're about to cross, excuse me, on the sidewalk, he beelines towards the road, crosses the road, and walks towards that shack. Right. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And he went inside, 
and I, I stopped. I'm like, okay, that's that that's kind of weird. I, I mean, as far as I know, nobody. It, it's just a small little shack, like a tool shack. Okay, what is that guy going in to take a piss or something? Like, why why is that guy going in there? So I I, I waited and I waited and I waited to see if the guy would come out. Never came out. Never. I'm like, okay, so. I am bold here. I'm going to walk across the road and go and open the door. <laughs> so what do I do? I walk across the road. I'm so curious. I'm that curious cat, you know. I walk across the road, and I slowly open the door waiting for this guy to go, you know, come out or whatever. There was nobody in there. How big, how big was this uh Shack. Very small, very small. It's like a Absolute, little garden like, shed. Like a little garden shed, like a little tool shed. An old, mm. old, that thing had been sitting there probably for since, you know, the, the early 1900s. And there was no one in there? Nobody. And you saw God. this person go in there? I saw him go in there, and, and I swear it's... It, there was, unless there was like a secret compartment where the guy, like, you know, some sort of thing on the ground. He, I don't, I don't know, but there was absolutely no way for this guy to get out. That reminds and me of. He, a... And if he did, you'd you'd see him cross yeah. the field like it was just an open field. That reminds me of a story. Um, Steve, our lead singer of the band, schoolmate, we grew up together. Yeah. Uh, he back way back in the eighties, he was. Um, walking home he from dropping his girlfriend off, walking his girlfriend home. Mm. And uh, he was walking down a laneway uh, f towards his house. And mm. it was quite late at night. And he got to the, uh, the laneway went straight down and then it, it went directly like an L, like an L yeah. shape. So mm. you couldn't see around the corner because it was all like garden bushes and stuff. And as he was walking down the laneway, there was no lighting in the laneway. He, mm -hmm. he said it looked like what he could see was a carrier bag, a white shopping bag floating in in the air about waist level, okay. uh, maybe two to three feet off the ground. And he stopped to watch it because he couldn't fathom. There was no wind or anything. It was just a cool summer evening. Yeah. Uh, and he watched this, what he believed to be a shopping bag floating up and down. And then it kind of glided like out of sight around the corner. It was about the size of a football. Okay. And uh, he stood there too scared to move for a number of minutes, not sure what to do. He wa he Part of him wanted to go and see it if it was there. And part of him wanted to like just leg it, run away. He eventually got the courage up and walked down to the edge, you know, the corner and looked around the corner and uh, he could see out of the road and straight down the road. It was the only place he could have gone, unless it went straight up in the sky, but he looked and he couldn't see anything. And it was gone, completely gone. Hmm. Uh, it was said it was the most weirdest thing he'd ever experienced. It just, it was something just, it was as if it was um, like when you see a shopping bag blowing around in the wind, it was like mm -hmm. that, but it was no wind. And it was, I reckon, I'll tell you what I think it was. I reckon he... Um, I reckon he witnessed something like ball lightning. That's what I think. A possibility, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Being a, I'm, I'm being, I'm putting my Spock head on here. Um, <laughs> being a summer Logic. evening, right? Mm. A summer evening, 
and it being a, you know quite a, a charged staticky evening when you know it's summertime it's always a chance for thunderstorms i didn't ask him actually if there was any rain that night any thunderstorms but you know and maybe just maybe the conditions were right for something like that to happen um I, i've read of cases where people have been sat watching their uh tv and these plasma bores have come through the window just just come through the window and gone to the nearest electrical source which would be in television and the tv's gone pop so yeah i've um i've read of cases like that so it i, I reckon that's something that he maybe saw i don't i don't know if it was a a spectral ghost or whatever and there are a lot of ghost stories from around here but um yeah. i i i think it was more likely something like that but it it scared him it did scare him and i know a I few mean, people that have sort of things seen things like that yeah i, I mean those are the those those are the stories that intrigue me i i mean personal stories that just defy logic and I mean, yeah, you 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 want to put your like you said your Spock hat on and say, oh, okay, try to understand it, and and you know, okay, look at this is possibly what happened, but in the end, even if you try, even when you do try to explain it, and there's possibilities, the fact that this happened, it's like it's like when an event happens unfolds before your eyes, and it defies reality. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, that reality has now been thrown out the fucking door. Because well, let, let, let's be honest, Reeves. I mean, we really don't know what reality is. I mean, we have thoughts and, and and what we're brought up to believe what reality is. But, I mean, do we really understand what reality is? We only we only perceive reality mm. through the senses that we're given. And the senses exactly. that, we, that we're given are quite... Uh, yeah. they're quite um uh restrictive in a way i mean exactly we you know our sense of smell is only so sensitive and our eyesight we we see in a particular spectrum of light and you know and anything out of that we we're not going to see it and it might already be there there might be lots of things going around uh that you know that's where the whole ufo thing the whole ufo debate was going well it was there and it just vanished well i think it's still there it's just it's it's been able to change its uh it, the the this the, the light spectrum that it's in yeah. and we're not seeing it anymore um you know i i i told the um i i, I make these weird stories up on paratalk and I, I i i don't know which episode it was but we were talking about this and mm -hmm. we were talking about the paranormal and ufos and and stuff and i said look put it this way um imagine a little ladybird right and mm -hmm. he uh he gets up and he has his breakfast whatever that might be, a bit of leaf or whatever. And then he goes for a walk to maybe collect some stuff, some flowers or whatever. And uh, he goes out and he collects the flowers and he goes back to his ladybird house. And uh, and that's it. That's his job done, right? And he goes back to sleep or he has a fly or whatever. Mm -hmm. but in his world, that is his world. Okay? That's his world. It's like a bee. A bee takes off and he goes for a fly, gets some honey, gets some pollen pollinates some flowers and then flies back to the to the main you know gaff where they live and and that's it yes that's all that matters yeah um so outside of that that's his world mm -hmm. and he doesn't know anything about what's going on outside of that he's not in he's not in uh you know he's not worried about net zero no or no. he's not he doesn't know anything about what's going on in ukraine mm -hmm. uh he doesn't give a shit because he doesn't know uh mm -hmm. and that's like us when it comes to the 
the universe uh you know we're we're still we're still like little children and we're still learning and we think that um the problem is that we become we can be quite arrogant well i'm not i'm not I'm, i've got this big brush that i'm kind of painting everybody with but i'm not i don't i don't want it to come across over like that we, we're kind of arrogant a little bit arrogant in a way to think that we're the only superior you know we, we're the know-it-alls and stuff and i think that uh with this whole disclosure thing there's um if 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 uh things start coming out i think we're going to quickly learn that we're not the be all and end all and that we are most probably like the little ladybird and uh you know and there are um whatever they might be out there that are far 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 more advanced than what we are and uh they're not really worried about us because we're not a threat to them and they could just click their fingers and just get rid of us if they want to but there's obviously a reason they haven't and uh you know maybe they need us for something and uh that's the way i look at the whole paranormal is that we you have to be grateful for any experience you have but you also be a you also have to be a little bit humble as to say what well, oh clearly that's uh that's the wind you know or that was a that was just your imagination it's good to be logical don't get me wrong you gotta be a little bit you gotta be a little bit skeptical well you have to be you I can't mean, just it's, believe it's, everything it's healthy yeah you know and well, well and that that's the thing i mean it's it's hard to weed through people who believe everything is 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 a ghost or is a is paranormal well you know let me ask you a question all right yep. i'm going to ask you a question if you look at these tv shows right mm-hmm. now if you look at tv shows like i'm not going to i'm not going to name any of them i'm just going to say <laughs> the tv shows um when you watch them every week something's happening it's got your leg, it's got your arm, I, I'm, I'm being possessed or whatever. Um, now, I mean, I'm, I'm, in recent years, I haven't been to many locations. I haven't had opportunities. When I was younger, I went with my friends to places and I visited lots of different places. And I never really experienced anything. I, I, I had a few occasions where one time I was in a, in a, a castle and I thought I saw... Well, it was a bit weird actually i was yeah. i was on a school trip and we were in a castle and uh we were in this the main like the hall where mm-hmm. where the king i suppose would sit in a court and yeah. he would come in and go you know good evening my lord uh, uh may i have a cow to make some milk or whatever and he would sit there and go yeah if you want go and give him a cow but i want half you know like yeah. like that you know that that yeah. kind of place mm-hmm. um so we're in this great big hall and the teacher's telling us and the guide is telling us about the history and there's all this like tapestries and and all the original furniture and this stuff and you had that old smell that old kind of castle smell it's a little bit of um a little bit of woodworm a little bit of damp and a little bit of death you know and that's that smell and um it's kind of like uh, I'm looking across the the room and across the other end of the room, there's a doorway. And I, I'm looking just because I'm looking. That's, I'm just looking around. And I see a bloke uh, step back out of the doorway. And he's wearing like, I wouldn't say, in my mind, he's wearing period costume. Yeah. But I only saw him for a, a tenth of a second. 
and I, and I nudge my mate and I go, Look, you see that bloke? And he's going, oh, it's probably a ghost. And we just laughed and I just carried on and, you know, drank some Panda Pop or whatever. But um, <laughs> it just, it was just like, what did I, did I see anything? Did I imagine something? Or was there a bloke there who was dressed up like a, you know, like a 12th century lord who was just thinking, I'm going to have these kids. I'm going to prank these kids. Now, I tell you a story, right? I was talking to Rob, who has who is the host of How Haunted uh, podcast, mm -hmm. and he's he has done a lot of investigations. I would advise anyone look him up How Haunted um, How Haunted podcast. Um, Rob Rob Kirkup, right? He's got a lot of amazing stories. I've mm -hmm. got to get him back on an episode because he uh, he's got some really good stories. And uh, anyway, so he was at I'm trying to remember the name of the castle. Um, it might have been Chepstow or something like that. Well, it was a, a pretty much an intact castle. They did an investigation there, and mm -hmm. uh, a guide was taking them around. And they asked them, um, "Does you know what happens here?" And they said, "Oh, this area here, there's a there's a little boy that haunts it." And they got these long curtains that hang down on the wall. These great big long velvet curtains. And as yeah. they were, as they were saying that, the guide, I believe the guide said, uh, uh, "You know, is if you're here." whatever little timmy or what i don't know what the guys and the kids kids name was show yourself and as they as he was asking from behind the curtains which is just a wall okay it was this as if a little kid had with a pair of hands had pushed the curtains out and he said there you go there he is he's beyond the curtains he's pushing the curtains out and they all stood there in amazement thinking we're being pranked this is being put on for us to to, to scare us and then, of course, it just faded back, and the and the curtains went to rest again. These are great big, heavy curtains. So they went down to the area where this happened, and they pulled the curtains back. Nothing there, just just a wall. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's experienced some weird stuff. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like uh, when we were when uh, we were investigating Waverly Hill Sanitarium, and uh, there was a little kid apparently who who passed away in that sanitarium years ago. And they, they said his name was Timmy. And that if you bring toys. Yeah, I was going to say, is it the one that plays with his toys? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's okay. I, I thought, okay, whatever, whatever. I, we, we, we rigged up a, one of the rooms that he said to, you know, Rome. Uh, we rigged it up with, with a ball, a, a hard, like a heavy rubber ball, propped it on a quarter, drew a truck circle around it, and we had a couple uh, CCD cameras yeah. trained on the ball. Have you ever seen this? Uh, I've not seen any, any video that you've taken. I've seen people do experiments there with, with toys so, and balls and stuff. Yeah. So anyways, you know, we left the room and we check on the ball every once in a while and it didn't look like it moved at all. So got what got home, went through nine hours of like four camera video footage, whatever. Yeah. And bang, there it is. It's the fuck the ball's moving it doesn't no, what seriously hold on let me let me see I, I have it here i have it here hold on 
Was there any like wind or anything, or was the room? No, no wind. It okay. was like uh, it was a hundred eight Fahrenheit. There's no windows in that place, is there, or anything? There's there's windows, but in that room, there there was absolutely no wind. Okay. But the really weird thing about it, Reeves, is the ball left the quarter, rolled around playfully, and then returned back to the quarter. Oh, so more like an intelligent. Uh exactly let's see hold on do i have the uh i have the uh remaster right here here you go it's just loading up here so But as you can see, after a little while, see the ball starts to move also slightly, and then it just goes, it just rocks and rolls. Hmm. It's just it's just really not doing too much right now. It takes a while before. Let me just fast forward it a little bit. See, there you go. Yeah, I can see it moved. Yeah, see it moving? You know, one thing I've noticed with this kind yeah. of stuff, when you have interaction like that... Look at that, look at yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's almost like stop motion, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost like... Um, uh, um, how can I put it? It's almost like it's an impulse of energy that's kind of uh, forcing it to move. But it's... Mm -hmm. people When people have uh, poltergeist phenomenon and things are thrown like stones and stuff mm -hmm. it's not like it's thrown and it's sort of it's, normal physics it would just move and go at an arc and fall it's almost like the trajectory of yeah. the object is pre predestined it moves in a way that it's it's going to go to a certain place and that's it um so so we, we were in the in the next room when this was going on okay this the, you know and so i i, I checked the timestamp. I took the t the timestamps not in this video here, but uh, the time the timestamp uh, I checked it for the audio uh, during uh, we were doing an an EVP session in the f the room on the other side, and you know basically hold on let me just see where are we hold on let me load it up here, and this is this was captured. Right around, it was captured on two, actually two recorders, two separate recorders in the in in the room, and I'll I'll, get, I'll play them both for you just uh, so you get an idea. Yeah. Okay. Where are we? Where are we? Oh come on, where'd it go? Of course I can't find it. There it is. Okay, here here's the first one. Let me just load, I'll load them both up. Load them both up here. Get your get your uh, take on them. Okay, so here's the first one here. Okay. You bring 
It, it, that's the slowed down version. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Let me play the full version. Hold on. All right. Here it is here. Okay, here we go. Did you bring that tennis ball to us? Could anybody please make a noise? Did you bring that tennis ball to us? Could anybody please make a noise? So what, what, so what do you hear? Uh, there isn't one. Yeah. So okay. So here's this is taken like from a little girl. A, yeah. So this is taken from another another recorder in the same room at the same time. Okay. Did you bring that tennis ball to us? Could any? Did you bring that tennis ball to us? So that sounds like a. So that sounds like a different it, voice. Exactly. You you see how, you know the 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 first sort of, uh, wording is is clearing clearer yeah. in the first recording where the background is is sort of, it's it's there it's muffled, but in the second one the 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 the, the fording. Uh, voice is muffled a little bit and the background voice is a little bit more clear it's almost like there's two uh, yeah. voices in that recording i have a when it comes to evp and uh you know electronic voice phenomenon i have a i've done enough of it i've done quite a lot mm -hmm. of it and yeah. uh I, I have a theory that that i go with that not not my theory other people's theory as well uh, yeah. That the equipment you use, whether it's mm -hmm. like El Cheapo off the counter, the cheapest you can get recorder or a good quality bit of kit, um, it's all down to uh, not how you use it, but the environment that you use it in. And if that, uh, for example, you've got a ghost who's floating around who can only, uh, you know, put a, a mental impression onto something i think it's to do with you know if they if that device can it doesn't record it in the way that we would record our voice you know mm -hmm. i just want to simplify it if you're a ghost you haven't got a voice box and you can't have a conversation but mm -hmm. if you're a ghost if you're a consciousness and you want to communicate i think the only way you can communicate is if you are able to imprint what you want to say onto something. So when you have a a recorder, whether it be an analog recorder or a digital recorder, I think the um, the, the the pretext is the same. Whatever it is that's communicating is imprinting what it wants to say onto it. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to analog, I think the when it imprints it's not imprinting in a way that uh like it does with digital 
because digital mm-hmm. was would receive differently. So it has to be mm-hmm. done in a whether it's re, whether it's imprinting through uh, you know some sort of magnetism because obviously with tape and cassette that's how it works. So it must be some it must be done in some way like that, or mm-hmm. with digital it's doing it's doing an impression through um a burst of energy a burst of thought or or frequency perhaps possibly frequency but mm-hmm. um if you put it this way you get a lot of recorders i mean mm-hmm. there are a school of thought out there to some people say yep. uh well i you know here we go i'll use you know the late great lou gentilly who Mm. I had lots yeah. of conversations with because, you know, yeah. I knew him. But the thing was, uh, all of the kit he used, it mm. was off-the-shelf recorders. It wasn't, he yep. had no, he had nothing that was like custom-made or anything like no. that. It was no. all pretty much 99% off-the-shelf mm-hmm. uh, Olympus, like dictaphones and stuff like that. Uh, th- now, he had, did have some digital stuff in the early days because this is in the early days, but he also had the little micro cassette ones as well that you yep. recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the stuff that he got was, uh, it was just weird noises, growls, pops, clicks, grunts, um, uh, something like talking in, uh, like you could say like some sort of satanic language or something. It was just like, mm-hmm. sounded like uh, backwards talking, uh just weird stuff that he used to capture but he would capture the same sort of voices on both recorders um but he would he wouldn't say you know you need it you need this to do it it's just that that's what worked for him but Mm -hmm. when i did it when i did evp um i used uh good quality stuff you know tiak uh nakamichi uh and i used and i recorded in a uh in a proper recording studio and i got responses which were scarily like people were in the same room with me and Mm. that scared me enough to go i'm gonna leave this alone right now because this is all a bit bonkers uh and that was good quality stuff so whatever whatever's out there that's put that's where these voices come from which i still find fascinating um to be honest with you i want to get back into it and i want to do some more but i just I just can't pluck the courage up to to do it because I think that if I did get a response, um, I don't want to go through what I went through before because it really yeah. does. Um, it just makes you realise that what you're doing is just not you're not fooling around. You're something uh, is 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 trying to communicate or connect with you, um, and I I don't know what that something is. I'm I'm very open minded. Um, I'm not going to say that everything is grandma or or it's you know the 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 your the you know your dead parents or whatever it might be but there is something out there and it's trying to communicate and it tries to communicate with you um i'm not going to say it's a demon i'm not going to say that because <laughs> uh, too many people do already say that anyway because i don't know you can't really say what something is if you don't know what it is and, and like i said earlier we don't have all the answers uh no. we've got an inkling uh would be great it would be great if uh if it was uh, the ghost of whoever and uh, you could contact me but it would be great one day if they built a machine uh well, yeah. where, where you could like a you know like an email machine where you could talk to people on the other side we thought we had it with spiracom but uh yeah, that was a bit of a scam you know 
Hold that, hold that thought, Reeves. Okay. We're just going to take a short break. All right. Uh, when we come back, you're, you're, you're watching Nocturnal Frequency Radio. And of course, uh, you'll be listening to this live Sunday night. Well, not live, but rebroadcasted Sunday night on the New Visions Radio Network. Um, you're li- again, you're listening to Nocturnal Frequency Radio. And our, our, our guest this evening is the host of the Paratalk podcast. Oh, yes. Reeves, Mr. Reeves Cook. Oh, yes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Palmazano, the founder of the Searcher Group. It's a paranormal company, uh, the oldest in Canada. It founded in 1979, which not only makes me old, but makes me been doing paranormal research and field work for just under 45 years now. I am uh, also an author, researcher, and lecturer on the paranormal. I've written six books now. Um, and I, I really, uh, really enjoy uh, coming on with uh, Steve and Alex on Nocturnal Frequency Radio, as well as listening to the shows, because there's a lot of interesting guests there. I, I like it, looking at this stuff, because it's, uh, it opens your mind to other options and other alternative thoughts. And, uh, there's, there's always time to learn new things. 
So I hope you're joining us and uh, come and see Nocturnal Frequency Radio. Thank you. Kristen here, host of the Paranorm Girl podcast, a bingeable exploration and deep dive education about the paranormal for the skeptical believer. Some of my past season topics have included shadow people, Mandela effect, demons, and UFOs. Currently, I am tackling Bigfoot. I have been sharing this journey with my audience since early 2021, and I have learned a lot these last few years. It's truly a mysterious world out there beyond our perceptions, and reality is just not what it seems. I have also, since the start, met some awesome folks like Alex and Steve, and I've really enjoyed watching and learning from them and also joining them on their show. Their guests are always outstanding. Their listeners are just the coolest. And these hosts are some of my favorite people. I recommend their show to anyone looking for an intelligent and fun conversation about the paranormal amongst friends. So join me on my investigation. Join Steve and Alex on theirs and enjoy. Now back to the show. You are watching Nocturnal Frequency Radio. And that you are. Welcome back. Welcome. And, and, and Mr. Reeves, we should we we should get you. We we we'd love to have you do one of those if possible. Oh, uh, a little a little promo. Little promo for the Paratalk podcast and uh yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll uh, I'll sort we, some we of that. Love. Don't you worry about that. I'll I'll get we, some we, sorted. We'd love to have your uh I have a feeling it's going to be a spooky one. Oh, that's that's what we'd love. We we'd love a spooky one. Oh, absolutely spooky. Um, yeah, get, getting back on to uh, EVPs and uh, electric voice phenomena. Um, why, why are you so interested in it, Reef? Um, I think the reason that I'm interested in it is because it was the first thing that, uh, that I heard uh, when I, years ago, Arthur C. Clarke, everyone knows who Arthur C. Clarke is, um he had the tv show his mysterious world uh and uh there was a spin-off with the unexplained magazine uh and the first issue of the unexplained magazine which is obviously a magazine full of unexplained things you had a do you remember those like flexi little 45s the little flexi yeah. ones you know, plastic ones yeah. um mm-hmm. there was they were given the first the first issue had one of those and it was uh, entitled "Voices from the from the of the Dead" or "From the Dead," oh, wow. okay. and uh, basically it was a, a collection of uh, of EVPs that you know that had been captured and recorded over the years, uh, and uh, it was like a compilation of about maybe about twelve minutes long, something like that. And uh, I uh, I got this uh, little flexi disc and put it on my record player, and I played it, and it completely blew me away. Because I thought to myself, in my little brain, uh, that you know, these we're all dead people, and they're all having a a talk, and it's been recorded, and and we're listening to it now, and and that got me kind of, you know, it kind of imprinted itself in my brain, and of course, wow. all those years later, I mean, originally I was kind of, I must say say that because of my dad, I had an interest in UFOs primarily aliens and ufos because my dad was a member of uh 
the British UFO network. And mm-hmm. he was like always bringing like pamphlets back. And uh, back in those days, it was like uh, it was all like hand drawn and stuff. It was amazing. I wish I still had those. They would just be like gold dust now. Uh, and, he, and I would look at all the pictures and he would tell me stories of from the meetings that he would go to. And he would go and do sky watches and stuff. And um, so the UFO thing was where it was at for me. And of course, him being taken to see Close Encounters of the Third Kind in the late 70s uh, kind of instilled that kind of like, you know, the aliens are here and all that stuff. Uh, and it was a little bit later on that I started getting into the like the ghosts and, and poltergeists and haunted houses and that. Because I'd already been, you know, my imagination already already been kindled. Uh, and uh, it was like that came a little bit later. But the, the ghost stuff kind of stuck with me. And uh, I kind of pushed the whole UFO stuff to one side. And then, uh, at, like, later years, it's sort of, it's all mixed together now. You know, I, I mean, I, I find UFO stuff fascinating. And I find the paranormal stuff fascinating. But when it comes to the paranormal, I do find EVP the most for me the most interesting because mm. i really want to know what's going on there i really want to know where those voices are coming from is it well some theories say that um it's us we're creating mm. them we're creating mm-hmm. those voices we are mentally imprinting those voices on to whatever device you're recording mm-hmm. uh we're, so we're basically talking to ourselves um and other people say well no maybe it's um it's the environment that those voices yeah. are imprinted on and that mm-hmm. we're recording those voices in the environment that they are captured in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's still fascinating as well to know that you, yeah. Yeah. That, that an area can, can have a, 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 something happen to it. It doesn't have to be horrible. It doesn't have to be, um, violent. It doesn't have no. to be overly traumatic. It just has no. to have something happen where, you know, uh, Fred Bloggs gets up every morning at five o'clock and he walks down a certain lane and he goes to the coal mine and he does that for 50 years. The same thing every day. Well, you know, he's imprinting, isn't he? He's imprinting Mm -hmm. on his environment. He's so focused on what he's doing. He's, he's, he's doing that every day. And then one day somebody's going, Oh, I saw Fred Bloggs a while back. He was walking down there. He'd been dead two years, you know? Uh, so is what's going on there is that his ghost and 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 you think about it right if if you are a ghost and you're if you're a ghost right and you've you've come back and you you're doing your thing why would you do that why would you think Mm. well today i'm gonna gonna manifest in my old uniform and i'm gonna walk to work like i used to why would you do that i I wouldn't want to do that that's the last thing i want to do is go to work if i'm a ghost uh, well, I don't want to do that. I want to do ghost things like, I don't know, throw towels around and stuff and, and, and be a ghost. It's it's weird. I, I, I mean, it, it it's, it's the separation between intelligent and residual. Yeah. Right? It's, it's the residual is like, it, it's like a loop of something that you might have done, uh, something in your life over and over and over, some sort of routine, something that just ingrained in that particular area. You know, it may be a uh-huh. house uh-huh. where you find yourself, you get up at a certain time in the morning, you know, six o'clock in the morning, you go downstairs, you, you open a cupboard every, like almost 
you know, around the same time every morning to grab that sugar or, or whatever, uh, coffee, blah, blah, blah. And, and you're making a coffee with, with a, you know, coffee machine or whatever, like just those posh. noises. Yeah. Coffee machine, be posh. coffee machine, you know, uh, you know, or a perk percolator, whatever. But I mean, it's, it's, it happens so many times in the span of your life or however you're in that particular location that the house absorbs it or yeah. the location absorbs it. it. It's ingrained in in its own energy. I think, uh, I mean, you raise an interesting point there. I think that we all have the ability to pick up on residual imprints or whatever you want to call it, residual energies in buildings and i've i'm i'm not yeah i'm i'm not Derek akora i'm not a psychic i'm not anything like that um i just feel that i i'm awake and i'm aware and i think that gives you the uh the, the upper edge when it comes to this sort of stuff but i have been to places uh for example and I, another story i'll tell you another school trip i went on i went on a lot of school trips because i used to do social and economic um history and uh, part of my curriculum back then was uh, the Industrial Revolution. So mm-hmm. we had to go to all these places that were part of the Industrial Revolution. So we went to a lot of um, we went to a lot of mills. We went to a lot of factories. We went to a lot of workhouses up uh, up the country, up north. There's a bunch of workhouses which have been saved and now turned into museums, so that you yeah. can go in them and see what they were like in the olden days when people didn't have much choice but to have to go and work in these places um and live really some people lived in them especially um like debtors prisons where they would have to go and spend an enormous amount of time to pay off a few shillings that they owed uh doing you know slave labor basically but anyway i digress uh so we went to this um this workhouse and it was it was a group of us and when when you we went inside i picked up on this and my mate picked up on it as well it was almost like we were stood in like the main working area like the mill where they had all the looms and stuff it was the textiles uh they're making textile stuff well not they weren't doing it then but they they had a few like examples of what it was like um and they showed the conditions where like they would get little kids and the little kids would go under the looms if the looms got jammed up and take all the wool out and and sometimes they would get caught up and lose a limb or a hand or whatever um and of course you know you can imagine how emotionally scarring that would be uh so and the families would live in these small cubicles like five foot square um and there would be like babies in there a mother would be in there the father would be in there and they wouldn't all be in there at the same time because they would work shifts you know mm-hmm. so that only yeah. so many. but it was like you know it was it was very um very dehumanizing for people okay. yeah. now when we went into this place obviously there weren't people in there then it was just like uh, a guide showing us around and I picked, well, I, I don't want to say I picked up on it because I wasn't in there going with a pipe going, mm, I can feel a ghost, you know. I was just walking around with my mate with a clipboard. And um, I was a little bit older by this time. I wasn't like a little kid. I was like 14 or 15. Yeah. And um, it was almost like when we went to the main area where the work was done, 
you felt it was almost like you felt a um a feeling of um anxiousness like anxiety where you didn't want to like something was going to happen you know and then we went into the area where the people ha- used to eat their dinner well eat their meals and uh used to stay it was all pretty much the same thing and it was almost like a feeling of um uh like not anger but like repression like i yeah. don't want to be here like you know i, I want to leave and my mate picked up on this as well and he, he said oh it feels a bit weird in here doesn't it i said yeah it's like uh it's like a like you don't want to be here and he said yeah yeah it just feels weird and um i remember that i remember being in that place now it might have been in my head i might have been imagining it uh because i'd read books on you know the workhouse and how tough it were but mm-hmm. or it, or it might have been actually something i was picking up on and if there's one place you think about is somewhere where people don't want to be that's why i think that you have a lot of experiences when people go to places like um derelict prisons and stuff like mm-hmm. that and and factories where people are kind of forced to work it's not like they're going there and they're getting a wage packet at the end of it well they they get a few pennies but do you know what i mean it's like you go to a prison and people don't want to be there or they're there because they've done bad things but not everyone because sometimes people go to prison and they're innocent but you know most of the time they've done horrible things but uh, that's another story but it's kind of like um you know i'm thinking maybe un unconsciously we're imprinting on our environment all the time i mean you can go to a house yeah i mean put it this way my mate right he had parents but were always arguing they were always arguing shouting at one another they literally i mean they don't they, they divorced and stuff but um they were always arguing and whenever i called for my mate i before they door before the door opened i knew the environment i was going into i could feel it it was almost like the house was ex, you know exuding this this negativity it was because they was always arguing and once again i'm not a psychic i'm not you know i'm not saying i'm i'm a i'm a psychic i'm just feel that people people anyone can pick up on this stuff if you open yourself up to it and i think that if you do open yourself up to it um it could also have a, a negative effect on your mental health if you if you totally jump down the rabbit hole with both feet uh if you just start consuming everything it can it can it can make you depressed because i've been there as well years ago i would read everything about ufos about ghosts um everything and when the internet came along that was that was crazy because there was so much other stuff to watch the early days of youtube um was was mental because people were uploading all sorts of stuff all sorts of stuff all yeah. sorts and um i got quite uh depressed over a lot of it and i just thought to myself you know if this is all true then uh what's the point what's the point of anything if 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 the aliens are are farming us and harvesting us for our organs or whatever and and we're just like cattle and uh we haven't got really any control over anything and our our lives are pretty meaningless what's the point you know what's the point of anything and it and it and it really got me kind of depressed for a while uh, because you you take this stuff in and you take so much of it in and it can have like an adverse negative effect on you and I left it alone for a while. I just kind of walked walked away from it, and I didn't get involved with anything paranormal. I didn't read any books. I didn't. I didn't read any, watch anything. I just all I did was just be a normal person. 
I don't, yeah. I, I, maybe that's the wrong word because I don't think they're, you know, <laughs> I mean, normal person. When I say normal, I just mean no, yeah. every day, just doing normal things like, you know, hanging out with your mates, uh, going to the pub, um, going clubbing and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And you just don't mm. read it. You don't pick up. a. But I, some inside of me made me get back into it and pick it up and start reading about it again. And uh, yeah, but I can't, I've different mindset now i got a completely different mindset on it and i think that uh, meeting a lot of people has kind of opened my eyes up to um you know different aspects of the paranormal i mean that's one thing with paratalk is one thing that, well I, I, one thing i got to thank gareth for really is um when i w when we first started um doing shows together uh he was always um very sort of take it or leave it it was like if someone was bullshit, he would go, nah, that's bullshit, mate. That's, that just sounds a lot of old waffle. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know. But his, his, his attitude was take it or leave it. it you, you know, I, if I don't believe it, you don't have to not believe it. You can believe it. It's up to you. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh, and that kind of opened my, my, my mindset of looking at things slightly differently. And um, I think that's why I don't get involved too much with UFO or paranormal groups. Uh, because I just tend to sort of do my own thing, and I don't need yeah. to, you know, I don't, I don't need to prove anything. If I want to go to a, a haunted house with someone, uh, then I'll just go with them, and I don't need to be affiliated with anything, or I don't no. want anyone to, you know, pat me on the back because I've done something. You know, if I go so somewhere, I go somewhere because I want to go there. It's like, for example, I, I didn't, I haven't picked a camera up in for nearly five years you know of not picking a camera up and i don't know where it came from but all of a sudden uh maybe six months ago okay. i just just picked my camera up and i went out and i just started taking pictures and it's like i don't know why i just did and i came home and i thought i really need to get a new camera i need to do something something different i need to sort of get back into it and it's really weird how things like that happen. And that's a little bit I like know, the paranormal. It just it just happens. You get a spark and you just just go and do it. You know? Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. Because I mean there there's there, my experience with with the paranormal has been primarily with, with the research and the investigation side of things. But I have I've what I've uh, noticed even you know with uh, and uh, and again with with the show here and, yep. and meeting uh, meeting all you guys like I mean everyone all the all the guests that are are friends uh, essentially friends now um, to the show and and to us and uh, you know and, and getting your perspectives uh, on all this stuff it just um, I you know. <sighs> when you first start, it's like anything it's, it's this, wow, you have this huge environment yeah. that you got to tackle. Yeah. And where do you start? And you sit there and go, okay, well, uh, read some books, uh, you know, back, back when I started, read some books, read some books, read, read about this, read about that, whatever you can, uh, study this, study that. I, I was, I was talking, okay, well, there must be a way to explain certain things. And I mean, okay, photography, uh, videography, you know, audio, whatever you think, you know, just think about this stuff. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the major things too is 
how to investigate. People, they say, well, I investigate the paranormal, haven't got a clue how to properly investigate. Yeah. Period. The art of investigation is an art. It, it, it is a method that you really need to know to investigate something that really is in theory. Sure, there is some scientific backing, but I mean, for the most part, when you're dealing something that is unknown to science, it's theory a, a bunch of theory that you're dealing with. Yeah. You I, know? I, you have to be respectful as well. I think that... Yes, um, absolutely. I, I, do, I do cringe a bit sometimes when I see people going and doing investigations and, you know... Oh come on, do something to me, push me downstairs, oh, punch me. And it's provoke. like, well, I don't know what you might, what they, what a ghost might be. I don't know what a, you know, if it is a spirit or an energy or a consciousness, but I'd be like, you know, if I were, if I were that consciousness or whatever, I'd think, you know, why are you being a dick? Don't be a dick. You know, you know maybe I will push you down the stairs. I think one of the most important things to investigating the paranormal is for me anyways I, I don't know everyone's different but for me it is the high if you will the natural high of being able to connect something that you find that is you know a finding paranormal finding if you will mm. to the history of the location you know, yeah, a person that lived there has made themselves known in an audio sort of clip or uh, visual something, something a little bit more rare. But I mean, being able to to essentially um, back your findings up with the history of that location or vice versa. Yeah. You know? I think yeah. to me is an important aspect of 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 doing an investigation and of course researching. I think history of that particular area is 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 very vital. So what are your thoughts on uh, a lot of the bigger YouTube paranormal investigation channels? What 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 do you do you feel that there's any that really stand out that are breaking ground or are they sort of pretty much sort of copying each other? It's it's just a big cesspool right now. It really is. I, I mean, I've watched some that are, I think, very interesting. They're, they're interesting, but for the most part, it's just like, uh, again, I look at I, I just want subscribers. I want subscribers. I want viewers. It's just like the TV shows. I, I want viewers. I want viewers. More, the more, the more, and force feed them apparent evidence. So. You know, without explaining, I mean, there are so much things that happen in an investigation that you can explain away. Uh, you know, 97% of whatever happens in an investigation is probably explained uh, via the environment. Yeah. Right? Environmentally yeah. explained. Yeah. Or through science or whatever there is all not always but i mean there is that little one or two percent uh or that one finding and a lot of the times it's audio 
EVP, again, always seems to stand out the most because they seem to, to come out of the woodwork a lot more than something visual. I mean, visual is a, like a true visual capture, a paranormal capture is rare, I think. Yeah. Very rare. And But when you do get it, it's like, wow, incredible. And you do everything in your power to try to scrutinize it. And say, look at okay, I, I I gotta explain this, but nothing seems to work. And then you know you 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 show other people and get their take on it. And if they say, well, look at you know maybe somebody uh, you know who's a videographer or you know experienced in this certain area, and, and they say, no, I just I can't explain this. Then you truly might have something. Yeah, I, I do think that. Uh... There are a few channels that stand out on um, on YouTube where I think they're doing something different. Um, for example, but they're really small channels. P places like uh, Shadow Paranormal and Staffordshire Paranormal. Um, I've I've had the, both those groups on Paratalk, re okay. mainly because I thought you know they're they're trying to do something a little bit different with not too much equipment and they're trying to use themselves as a barometer to what's going on um and it, it's nice to it's quite refreshing to see smaller groups but there are some uh behemoths of uh, uh youtube's paranormal um i'm not going to mention any names because no it's not professional um mm -hmm. but uh they they tend to sort of have started out with good intentions but mm. they've fallen down the uh maybe un unintentionally fallen down the rabbit hole of uh having to produce content that people are going to watch and they're mm. going to watch it for a long time you know to keep them connected so that the watch algorithm the likes them and shares their content um mm. it's it's a bit of a it, it's a bit of a um uh how can i put it it's a, it's a little bit of a a, a sad indictment to YouTube that people have got to do that. Um, but you know, everyone's got to make a living. I mean, that's where the, uh, the, 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 the thing with, uh, people saying, well, you shouldn't be charging people money for, uh, investigating their house or whatever. Well, people have got to make a living. And if that's what you do full time, then you're going to charge money for it. As long as you're not, uh, ripping someone off and just going in there and saying, yeah, it's full of ghosts, mate. There's there's one in there. There's one in the kitchen. There's one in the cupboard. I'll, it's going to take me a week to uh, uh to exercise your ass, and it's going to cost you uh uh two grand. And then there's nothing there, and you're just making it up. But if you genuinely have an ability, and you go in there and you feel you can help someone, and you charge us well, not even charge a fee, but somebody offers to pay you, you know, and say, look, I want to give you some money for your time. I don't mm. see a problem with that. I don't. Yeah. I just don't see a problem. It's not like you're ripping anyone off, but unfortunately, there are the unscrupulous types out there that um, uh, you know mislead people, and um, it's a bit sad. It is a bit like that now, and and not all over, but it does make it difficult on YouTube when people are really trying to build build something. I mean, because we all let's be honest, let's be quite honest, we all want to do a job that we really enjoy and. I mean, I would love to get up every day and have a new uh, have an agent 
and they tell me today Reeves you're in you're in interviewing this person or today you're interviewing this person mm, yeah. and I make a living from it you know yeah. people subscribe or whatever or they have a patron or whatever and you know that'd be great but I didn't yeah. set out well that's the thing you know going back to Gareth and I when we started out we never started out doing this to to make money or no. to be famous we never we never started down that road it wasn't like you know we're going to do this and become the next paranormal geezers on the internet it wasn't <laughs> that it was more of a case of we both have an interest in uh the paranormal gareth had his experiences i had my experiences um and we decided to do something and it, it, we did it as a goof really just as a a bit of, of a way to just tell some weird stories what I, what I like liked about Gareth whenever he came on our show or whenever I talked to him, you know, you know, one to one personally, you know, that I I always enjoyed, I always found in, enjoyable his inquisitive, how inquisitive he was with with things in the paranormal. Yeah, like he 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 would he would you know I would play something for him and he'd be like wow i you know and he would think about it and just how just how he would he would he would just ask so many questions and it was so refreshing to hear that it's like a you kid know? in a candy store like a kid in a candy store exactly i think yeah. uh uh with gareth it was um see he had a little bit of an evil streak when it comes to stuff like that because he could well yeah he could quite easily lead you down a path and uh and you didn't know you where you were going and uh then he would hit you with the the really tough questions yeah. uh and he would sometimes do it on paratalk and i'm like Whoa, you know <laughs> where, where, how did i get to this you know where, so he was quite good at that but it, it was also it stimulated new conversation and you'd have you'd find something else to talk about within the, the parameters of what you're on about but yeah he, he was um he, he would he would always kind of um, uh, like to um, analyze what you were talking about. A lot uh, of the episodes yeah. that we yep. that we did, he would he would like to go into depth and kind of pick them apart and find out you know what it, else it could have been. He wasn't you know he wasn't anyone's fool when it came to uh, paranormal stories and stuff. He didn't just believe anything. It was like um, well, even some of the stuff that I thought you know I would say yeah this story is definitely something. He'd be going, no, nah, that's bullshit, mate. That's rubbish. That's like garbage. So, I, I, you know, we had our we had I, our differences. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember you sent me a clip uh, from a friend of his. Um, I can't remember who the. I, I, it might have been. It might have been um, Percy, but I'm not sure. Um, somebody uh, I think he worked with. Um had an experience with a candle and i don't know if i still have the i i probably oh that was yeah that was um i'll tell you what uh that was uh right so that was a lady that he worked with yeah yeah yeah, um and she um believed that she had stuff going on in her house yes absolutely videoed a candle where she was asking questions and the candle was burning brighter 
um, and then going down to normal. And then she would ask another question and it would burn brighter again. Um, and it, it was weird because you could say, well, maybe there was wind or there was a window open or something, but apparently there wasn't any uh, window or anything like that, windows open or anything like that. But I don't know. But I remember him telling me, I saw the video as well, yeah. I saw the video of uh, of, of of what you're talking about. It was a bit weird, yeah. It definitely was a bit weird. Like, I, I found the video. Hold on a second. I, I, I maybe no, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to play it live on the show, but because you know, I just uh, I don't know if Gareth would well, would want that, but um, yeah, it, it was an interesting, interesting video. Yeah, it was a it, basically a candle burning, like burning bright, going bad, yep. burning bright, and it was uh, it was a bit, it was a bit weird. It's not something a yeah. candle normally does, but no, no, who knows? No, exactly. I don't know. Uh, maybe the. Maybe the candle was haunted. I don't know. Um, it was interesting. It was an interesting video. Um, so what uh, what can we expect from the Paratalk? I mean, you, you said you, you did a, a fresh new episode with, uh, or you just did something with uh, well, Tom. Tom has come, well, put it this way. Tom has become a little bit of a fixture to Paratalk now. Um I get on really well with Tom and we're very yep. like-minded and I'm hoping yep. in the future to do an investigation with Tom. I'm also Ooh. hoping to get, um, there's a few other individuals that I want to give a shout out to because they've got some great channels. So I'm going to roll a few people off the tongue here because go for it. Uh, go you for need it. to go and visit them. So um, uh, the first person is Rob who runs uh, um, a YouTube channel called Dead Air. And he does a dead lot of air. investigations. Yeah, he's okay. he does some. Just put in dead air paranormal, you'll find him. Um, he does a lot of uh, uh, investigations, and he's someone I want to get on board and go on a little investigation with. And also, obviously, Rob Kirkup from How Haunted. He, I want to get on with him because um, he's he's just some. He does, he's had some weird experiences, and he's got some really good stories he tells. Um, yeah. But um, what we're trying to do is get all of us, a little group of us, together. Um, oh, Kevin as well. From uh, we should need, we need to talk about ghosts, but we need to get a little group of people together, and we want to hire somewhere for like a two or three days and do like a group um, investigation. Awesome. But it has That'd to be, be cool. big enough that we can all sort of be spread out a little bit, because I don't want everyone being in like the same room and go, "Oh, did you feel that? Yeah, I felt that." I want everyone to be <laughs> yeah. away from each other yeah. so that we can all have our own personal experiences as well as group experiences. Um, but the, the the thing is, these places to hire now are bonkers money. I looked oh, at I yeah, ridiculous. I looked at um, I looked at a place that was run by the National Trust, and it's basically a gatehouse. So it yeah. was the well, in the olden days, it was part of a, a a castle or whatever or in the grounds. But it's a like a part of a gate. It's a it's a it's a house on its own now because there's no castle yeah. there anymore, and um. It's got, I think it's got eight or six bedrooms, um, and it's on, I think it's two or three floors, and you okay. can hire it. It's it's like you can hire it to stay there. It's all okay. fully functioning and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's got, like, a reputation. It goes back to, like, the 13th century. It's, oh, wow. You know, and it's got a load of history. And um, But you want, they want nearly 1,200 quid for, like, three days. Oh, holy you know? fuck. <laughs> it, even split by... 
And the, the, the see, the thing is, I don't want to have a load of people. If you had a load of people, like eight people, that would be great. But that's too many people. That's way too many. You know, yeah. you need so a small a, group. Put, put a GoFundMe out there. Well, <laughs> yeah. But the, that's, in, that's insane, yeah. That, that would be cool. Um, but yeah. um, it, it didn't happen this year. Um, but yeah. I, I still would like to go do something with maybe with Tom. He's, he's a few hundred miles away. So go and grab an Airbnb for a couple of nights and maybe go to a few places. He knows a few interesting places up there uh, and do something up with him. But um, he's become like a regular on Paratalk now. We, do, we don't do every episode together, but we do sort of try to do one or two episodes a month uh where we he brings a different dynamic to the episode because his yeah. thing is horror and uh you know the the the, the more darker side of uh, yeah, yeah, the web yeah. uh so yeah. he does bring uh that kind of side to it and he's very knowledgeable on that and he does bring some interesting stories but he also he is no stranger to the paranormal he's had his own share of experiences and he and he does know what he's talking about when it comes to you know the ghosts and the UFOs and that. So he's, he he's got his own take. job. He yeah. does a great job. Like I, like I said, I, I do remember the, the times that you guys had him on, on your show mm. uh, with Gareth and really, really cool. And that, you know, branched off. And I remember listening to, or watching his, uh, his uh, show on YouTube. And, and again, when, when you had him on your show, yeah. Uh, you know, it's he does he does an amazing job. He does a great job. He's, I also uh, um I also want to get uh, another episode in with uh, Kristen as well. I think it's time I uh, catch up she, with Kristen. She's she's, a, she's great. It's been a she's while. Just, she's a she's amazing. She does yeah. a great job too. I uh, um I think it the last time the last episode. Well, actually, I think the last time that we did something together was a live stream. And I haven't live streamed for a. I mean, this is the first stream I've done since. Uh, well, a long time. I mean, there's so many people that I've I've had the opportunity to. Steve and Dave of uh, Scarred for Life did the Scarred for Life yeah. books. Uh, well, mm-hmm. the the stories they tell, uh, I just got you know, I just need to do something with them again because they've got so many things. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to talk to Kieran O'Keefe from yeah. uh, Most Haunted. Yep. You know, yep. he's the the level headed one. He tries to find the, the yeah the yeah. level headed one. <laughs> uh, he was involved in writing a book, and uh, yeah. I, I had him on a show. Um, but there's lots of things with Paratalk. I'm trying to get um, a few sort of um, guests that have written books on to talk about their books. Um, I've can, got. Can I give you? Can I give yeah. you a suggestion? Yeah. I, I think you'd have a really, really intriguing interview with him. Uh, our good friend uh, Fred Anderson out of Sweden. Yep, Fred Anderson. I I, I could put you in yeah. contact with him. Uh, he, he also is a, a TV content producer. Okay. Uh, he's, uh, behind one of the most popular, one of the more popular, uh, paranormal shows in, in, in Sweden, but first and, and more, uh, he is a big UFO nut. Oh, good. Cause uh, uh, he, all the rage he, is right just, now. he has just recently written his latest book is, um, northern uh high strangeness i believe it is in sweden um super nice guy and when it comes to just anything strange fred is he's incredible well Um, i think uh i think i need to get him on an episode of paratalk then yeah i i he's actually coming on our show uh in in two weeks i'll check that out i'll give that a watch 
super nice guy um and you know what he's he's a wealth of knowledge too and uh he's a part of uh uh, some he's a part of a UFO group there now in, in Sweden, one of the the more uh, popular UFO groups there. Um, yeah, super, super. I, I think you'd enjoy him. Uh, yeah, Reeves. I mean, I think you would. I just want to. I always enjoy uh, talking to people with different thoughts and different ideas, um, but um, and also doing solo stuff as well. I still enjoy doing the solo stuff. I still enjoy putting a little story together. And I know there's a small core of people that listen to the Paratalk episodes that really enjoy those solo ones. Um, but there's also people that want to hear me talk to other people and, and yeah. get other people's thoughts and ideas. So I'm, I'm trying to keep everyone happy, but I, I'm not really going to say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I'm just going to do what comes my way. And hopefully that will grow, uh, you know, grow the grow the show, you know, make me diversify a little bit but as you know you know you just do what feels right because i don't want to feel that i'm doing stuff that i have to do because it, I, it you know yeah i i mean we we enjoy having you know people on over and over again there's so, so many people out there and of course you know now that you know there's quite a few of our guests that have passed away passed oh, yeah. on uh that we were favorites of the show that that we had on several times that uh, we we definitely miss having on the show now but i mean there are so many people out there that wow and when, when you uh yeah uh i think yeah uh to me I, I think you'll enjoy having a guy like fred on you know to Sounds interview cool. him and definitely uh, Sounds I, I think cool. you'd get along well with him uh reefs you really Good. would uh i had been on actually ben was on uh we we had a ufo round table okay and uh ben and and, and fred were on at the same time i think um uh, i think i've done one or two episodes with ben um yeah uh that was a while back i might actually yeah. I, I might actually get him on but the problem with ben is he's always quite busy with the the ufo conferences this time of year yeah summertime yeah, yeah. he's always all over the place but exactly I, I tend not to sort of bother him when in the summertime because i know that he's usually somewhere wherever uh yeah. but i think near christmas time when it's when it calms down a little bit i might get him on an episode and pick his brains about what's going on with the uh with the whole UFO disclosure stuff at the moment, because that's like, that's another rabbit hole. It's another can of worms. Exactly. You know, exactly. we haven't even touched that, but you know. Yeah, there's uh, there's there's a wealth of people out there. Some really really good people. Really, um, uh, you know, we we have uh, somebody else that you might be interested in uh, coming up on the show. Uh, our good friend um, uh, Michael Esposito. Yeah. who is a ufo or sorry a, a evp researcher oh, oh uh, a yeah musician a musician as well and he has experimented with some of the most unusual methods to capture evp and i'm telling you this guy is phenomenal um he uh he is a direct descendant of um i gotta think here uh from uh, the co-creator no, not Maricone. Uh the, the co-creator uh, of the Morse code. Oh, okay. Co uh what's his name? Al oh god, I can't remember his last name. Um, but um it's not Maricone, it's it's his 
Maricone's uh, partner, right. L something. I can't remember off the top of my head. He's a direct descendant. Anyways, he is another guy we, we've had on the show several times over the past few years. Uh, incredible wealth of knowledge. And you know what? Some of his work is just, it'll blow your mind away, uh, Reeves. Well, any I'm I'm you know I'm happy to hear from any uh, have anyone on that's got something to talk about. Uh, that's there what people like. They like stuff that's different. And uh, if someone's yep. got a story to tell, I'm I'm all ears. Yeah, yeah, as are we. But you know what? It, it's it's always great to have you on, man. I mean, like I said, you're you're. Um, I know. Gareth always said, and I have said this many times, Gareth always said, you got to have Reeves on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish, I, I wish we had you on sooner, but you know, yeah. he used to, you know, he used to tell me, you got to go on there, go on there, write him an email. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then it would have been, it would have been great to have you both on this show. Yeah. That would have been cool. Know, yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. Um, it been never great. happened. It didn't, I, no, I don't know why, didn't. I don't know why that, that didn't happen, but that would have been quite cool to have us, both on yeah that would have been yeah. that would have been interesting have a nice round table dark discussion and and just go nuts yeah um but yeah i like i said guys who are watching or are gonna listen to this whatever um go check out the paratalk podcast uh on youtube and uh several other formats and uh it's it's what uh, we're talking about apple all over right it's oh it's, it's uh yeah i mean you got where i'm on spotify paratalkpodcast.com uh, you can go to the website and you can get the link from there i'm on spotify i'm on apple uh google uh just literally go to google and put in paratalk podcast and uh my name and yeah, i'll be there i'm all over there yeah and you'll find me don't worry about that yeah do do check check it out i i mean it's it's always always I, I love the episodes, Reeves. You get you're doing a great job. Uh, keep it up. Um, and you know what? Well, I think I think when we do have a dark discussion this season, I would love to have you on to be a oh, part yeah. of it. I'm up for that, definitely. You know? definitely. Yeah. So that that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, anything else you want to let those guys let the? I just want to thank everyone for coming and uh, and listening. Uh, and if you're a, you know, if if you are a new listener, go and check out the podcast. Um, and always, I'm always interested to hear people's feedback. If you've got any stories or anything that's weird that's happened to you, or maybe you'd want to be a guest, then uh, from paratalkpodcast.com, use the contact form and uh, shoot me an email and uh, let me know. And I'll, if, if your story is interesting, I might uh, put a little episode together about it. Awesome. Um for those listening on the new visions radio network thank you again for for tuning in again this will will be going rebroadcasting this sunday night on the new visions radio network uh once again our guest uh reese cook of the paratalk podcast until next sunday night which we're or i think we're back next sunday night i think is our yep. regular time slot our regular time slot yeah regular time slot which is 9 p.m eastern standard time until then guys take care and, and thanks uh, to everybody who came out who are going to watch the rebroadcast or listen to it or whatever thank you guys take care and we'll see you next weekend have a good night cheers good night